us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning. I'm very pleased that you're joining us today. I'm Lynn Wedham, and this is Step Right with Lynn the radio show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Feel free to call in in Canada. That's 613-800-8736. That's 613-800-8736. Or in the U.S., it's 815-880-8255. You can join us on the live chat from A to Zen FM website. That's A number two Zen dot FM. Click on the chat in the main menu. Type your name or nickname and click on log in. Remember, every caller or person who texts with a comment or question will receive a copy of the book. Have you filled a bucket today? A guide to daily happiness for kids by Carol McLeod and illustrated by David Messing. This will make a great gift for an important young person in your life. Uh, Our guest today is Shirley Mitchell. Um, That's Shirley Mitchell Grumet. Uh, I first knew her as uh, Shirley Mitchell. Um, I don't think Shirley is uh, on the line yet. I'm just going to... Uh, send a, uh, do a little typing here to send a phone number. I'm looking up a phone number here so we can make sure that everything is, uh, that we get Shirley online with us this morning. And this is just getting that phone number sent off to to the producer right now. Okay, Hi. so we'll we'll work on that. I'll tell you a little bit about uh, about Shirley. Um, Shirley's been a longtime friend of the Wedham family. Uh, she describes herself as a retired newlywed. Uh, she lives in Waterloo with her husband Henning. Uh, Shirley grew up on a farm near Wrigley's Corners, just outside of Air, Ontario. She's a mother and a grandma. Shirley spent over 25 years with Scotiabank as a loans mortgage manager, and three years she was with TD Canada Trust as a weekend manager, and also setting up sales contracts uh, for car and furniture sales. Following that, she worked 11 years with the YMCA in Cambridge, Ontario, as their capital campaign and development manager. Um, the last eight years of Shirley's paid-for-work career were with the Arthritis Society as regional manager in southwestern Ontario. Uh, Shirley is a life member with the Preston Canets and held all the positions in that organization except the national president. 
She's involved with the Lutheran Church, both at the congregational level and the synodical, including doing lay pastoral activities. Uh, When asked about her hobbies, uh, Shirley puts being a grandma first, then traveling with her husband, Henning, swimming, sewing, and reading. Shirley and Henning also enjoy attending local live theater. Um, So I don't think that we have Shirley on the line yet. We must have a little bit of technical difficulty. Um, Hi, Lynn. Hi. Hi, Lynn. It's Christine, your producer. I yes. just thank you for the telephone number. I just called Lynn, and she did have some technical problems. You know how that goes uh, oh, with the yes. computers. Maybe it's our new uh, new snowstorm coming in, oh, but I'm okay. sure she'll be on the line shortly. So I'll, I'll leave you to it and check the lines now. Okay, that's great. Uh, we will hopefully have Shirley with us shortly. I'm we I'm are on the line, Lynn. <laughs> Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I, I was I was just saying, in, in southern Ontario today, we are uh, enjoying another snowstorm. We've had two days of lovely weather, and, uh, and now we're uh, back in the throes of winter. But hopefully it can't hang on too much longer. I'm hoping not. What a shock to our poor systems. <laughs> it is, it is. Yes, so, so I have uh, introduced you already, Shirley. Okay. And uh, and uh, so we're ready to to hear a little bit about you. Um, tell us a little bit about the path that leads you to describe yourself as a retired newlywed. Oh well, that's a fairly simple one. Um, <laughs> I uh, I lost my husband way back in 2000, and uh, he uh, passed away, leaving me with two teenage children on my own, and. Uh, then in 2010, I met a wonderful man and uh, who was also a widower, and uh, we uh, said hello again. I'd known him for 30 years, and something clicked, and uh, we started going out. And um, in 2012, we decided to get married, and mm-hmm. uh, so we did. And two weeks before that, I. Uh, retired from my job so here we are 20 months later and I consider us uh, still newlyweds and uh, we now have have a family of, of four kids and three uh, in, in law are not in-laws but uh, um, daughter-in-laws and uh, mm-hmm. went from having one grandchild to six in the matter of, <laughs> of a year so it's been a very busy fun time and uh, I'm enjoying it. I also left my hometown of Cambridge and moved to Waterloo, so lots of detours in my 66th year of existence, and that's why I call myself a retired newlywed. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, After working at the bank for 25 years, what made you decide to join the not-for-profit sector? Well, I had actually left the bank to help my husband with his business. Uh, we, we had a variety store, two of them, and gas bars and car washes, and uh, he thought he needed some help. It gets kind of boring when you're together 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> One of the uh, staff uh, that used to deal at our Cambridge location worked for the YMCA and uh, asked me to consider working for them on a part-time basis, and we thought that was a great idea. And it wasn't too long until the uh, manager asked me to be the the uh, capital campaign coordinator. 
and uh, that sort of started my career in the non-for-profits. It was fun, and it was very successful. We were to uh, raise $2 million, and we actually raised $3 million, so that was uh, great. And then after the, y was, the new Y was built in Cambridge, we um, needed a development officer, and uh, so they gave me the job of of uh, developing <laughs> a substantial or sustainable um, profile for the Y there, and that's how I started in the non-for-profit sector. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in that position for 11 years, and my last eight years of work, I was with the uh, southwestern area of, of the Arthritis Society in, uh, in non-for-profit, too. And uh, it was just uh, something I... I sort of fell into um, and really enjoyed it. So, Well, that's wonderful. So what, what challenges do you see for the nonprofits um, at this point, and, and, and what do you see in the future as, as challenges? Well, I think money has to be the, the key word, of course. And uh, I think uh, people's attitude, attitudes uh, towards giving to charity is, is certainly changing. There's so many charities these days, isn't there? And there's always, all of them have their hands out looking for something. And I think people are just getting um, bombarded with uh, letters and telephone calls and media advertising of every kind looking for support. And I think people are getting a little bit tired of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, there there certainly are lots of needs and lots of worthwhile organizations out there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. But I think people are becoming more sophisticated, um, so they look at, at what really turns their crank and, and support perhaps three or four or, or less even than they used to. At one time, um, um, you know, if anybody came knocking, you got a $2 or a $5 or $10 contribution. Today, people tend to um, look at who they really want to support and and uh, perhaps give them a bit more money. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, as you say, there's always, always good um, good causes, but people can only make their bucks go so far, too. So it's really what, what turns them on, and uh, I think um, it's very important that charities, the, the not-for-profits, develop a gift strategy where their clients... Uh, through wills and estate planning, can make meaningful gifts to them too. So uh, it's it's just going to be easier for them to carry on in the days ahead. Um, I think you know the glory days of of um, boomer wealth is going to dry and change dra- mm-hmm. dramatically in mm-hmm. the next few years. Yes, and that that would certainly that will certainly be a challenge. Um, so, do you think that it's a wise thing that that people are are um, wanting to know a little bit more about where they're giving their money and and making those choices with a little more thought? Oh, I think so, and I think um, people are becoming more sophisticated with their own money too. Um, pre-planning your whole life, like let's face it. Children are still uh, in in uh, university, and and they're looking at how can they plan for their retirement. And part mm-hmm. of that retirement has to be giving to charity as well. So I think uh, that people are definitely more astute as to what they're going to do with their bucks in the future. 
Right, right. Okay. Yeah, and um, so now you've held positions um, with both a service club um, and also with your church. Um, could could you speak a little bit about the contribution that, that these organizations make to the community? Well, yes, the the Canets, of course, uh, are true service clubs, Canadian service club, and our motto is serving the community's greatest needs. So um, they monies collected from the Connect Club are through uh, special projects. It's not really uh, individuals giving money as much as, uh, you know, having a spring dance or walk-a-thon and that sort of thing, and, and the community gives money towards those special events, and in turn, we give money to the community at large. Um, today, most of it is for for community groups, uh, for example, um, uh, kids' soccer or, uh, or skating, that sort of thing. Uh, but we do give to some individuals as well that uh, have uh, some sort of handicap where there isn't funding um, available for them, then we will usually uh, try and help them out. But more and large, it's, it's, it's community groups within each city or, or, or town that uh, we raise funds for. Mm-hmm. Um, the church, of course, it, uh, what can I say about the church? Uh, we're always uh, trying to take care of our own congregation and the community. We all have outreach programs. Um, again, it's, it's more about uh, helping hands-on than money mm-hmm. for the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, does oh, that answer good. that question for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. And we'll, we'll uh, be coming back to that um, after our break. We're just going to head to a break uh, very okay. shortly. And... Um, and we'll hear more from Shirley about her thoughts on uh, on charitable giving and and uh, giving back the community. So uh, we look forward to that, and uh, we'll go to break. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. And this is Step Right with Lynn. 
the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Uh, I'm speaking with Shirley Mitchell. Uh, she's been telling us a little bit about the work of uh, the Canets Club um, and also uh, the Lutheran Church. Um, I wonder, uh, Shirley, if you could tell us a little bit more about your role with those two organizations. Yes, certainly. Uh, with the Connect Club, I uh, did uh, every um, executive position at club level and uh, went beyond club level and got involved in zone and district um, leadership. And I also um, was the uh, train the manager <laughs> a leader for all of Canada. Uh, the only position I didn't hold was national president, and uh, so it was it was interesting going beyond club level because at first I joined because I wanted to help the community's greatest need. But uh, as time went on, I helped to uh, train leaders to make sure that they continued uh, with our vision of helping the community's greatest need. Um, in the Lutheran Church, I. Uh, been a Lutheran all my life, and um, I currently uh, have been on our council, I think, for a total of, of 36 years if you add it all up, but you have to, uh, we, you can only be on for four years at a time, and then you have to be off for a year. Um, and uh, I go beyond the the congregation to in a stewardship capacity, which is uh, um Helping people set up their wills and their uh, their estate planning to include gifts to the organization or the church, and mm -hmm. uh, I go across uh, across southwestern Ontario and beyond, uh, helping to do that. I'm also a lay pastor um, at the at the uh, church, and you know I've, our our motto is to uh, do others as you would have them do un unto you, and I think that's where uh, leaving a gift comes in. I find it's very important for people to uh, get involved with a few organizations or a church that they really like and then and then uh, make sure that the vision you have grows because of your financial contributions. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm okay. Um do you do you find that there's any challenges that are common to those two organizations? Oh yes, I think uh, both are in decline. And uh, thinking about that, I, how do you change that? Well, you change it by offering uh, neat things uh, to do. For example, Canets. If there's a project that uh, someone's really interested in um, in the community, for example, a pub night, and they really like going out and singing and and dancing, well, they they might come out to that. And then once they get to know the people and see the good work that they do, they might con contribute by by becoming a member. And, of course, when you're a member, then you, you're you uh, supporting it and volunteering and, and helping with its uh, financial <laughs> obligations. And I think that same goes for the church. Um, I think that spirituality is alive and well in in Canada, but a lot of people, for some unknown reason, don't think they uh, they have to go to the church to prove that. And so 
mm-hmm. it's declining and and so i i think uh it only gains members when someone invites them to church and they like what they see but whether both service clubs and churches will ever be back to where they were even 25 years Mm -hmm. ago i don't see it do you (laughs) (laughs) well it 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 seems hard i i think that you know, uh, the world around us can change um, as, as it changes. I think, though, I think there is a uh, we need to find community somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and as we lose, you know, possibly community where maybe we don't know our neighbors as well. I think there, you know, that there there will be a reach out to find community uh, somewhere. But another question I was going to ask you along those lines is. Um, you know, where where do you think the shape of leadership is? Um, you know, do you think that uh, that there's really good leadership in different organizations, or do you think that there's a real need for um, for good leadership? Well, um, I think there's always a need for leadership, but I th- I think today we we've become really sophisticated. Too, and people have to have all these courses and all the um, education behind their name before they can even um, have some of the positions and really I I believe often people that have worked their way up from the grassroots section are are a lot more passionate and end up being better leaders because because they care Mm -hmm. Uh, where so often you know people or companies are hiring um, personnel managers with 10 letters behind their name and they don't care anything about people they know the system and i think right. no matter what it is whether it's a, a business or or a service club or church the leadership really um counts when people are passionate about what they're doing and sharing their story and telling stories makes them great leaders mhm mhm yeah, so um, any other keys to meeting the challenges of these organizations? Well, just uh, <laughs> carry on and, and uh, again, try and, and have neat things happening that people mm-hmm. will want to get involved. Um, from from the church's perspective, though, the, the councils and and uh, the synods, et cetera, um, should make sure that they have their wills and plan giving uh, opportunities in place because, uh, you know, the church may not have as many members out on a monthly or a weekly basis but be able to carry on for many years if people put them in their will and made a significant contribution. And then that uh, that's up to the church to make sure that they you know don't just use that money to uh to pay the bills but it's nice to have that money to pay the bills but um but that they they um have outreach programs that people are excited about and want to get involved and and then growth i think comes from that mhm i think i think years ago when when the when the plate passed in a church um you know and people regularly put their their 5 dollars or their 10 dollars in uh, it went a lot farther than it does today. 
Oh, it did, it, it, for sure. Um, but I will tell you a quick little aside story. When I was the, uh, the council chairman, our uh, furnace broke, and we had absolutely no extra money for this furnace. And so did little temple talks for five weeks before we actually asked for the money. Um, and the council members, it was the middle of July when we were uh, when we started doing this, and all the council members had to wear hats and mitts and scarves to church. And, of course, the first week they didn't know what was going on. But it was all because, you know, if we didn't have, this is what we would look like when we right. came to church without a, a furnace. And so for five weeks we talked about it. On the sixth Sunday we uh, actually made the appeal and and then we were going to have lunch afterwards and said that um, during lunch we'd count the money that uh, we received in the plate and it was just a separate passing of the plate for the furnace. And if mm-hmm. there wasn't enough before they left after the lunch, we would uh, pass the plate again. And mm-hmm. when we counted the money... From the first passing, we almost had double the amount we needed for the furnace, and it was because wow. people got involved with it. It, it was it yes, was fun. Yes. We, they knew we needed the the furnace, and uh, and they all identified with it because we had you know, worked on this little project for five weeks with the silly scars right, and so on. Right. Um, so so people do have the money, and they do want to help, but it, sometimes we forget that we have to make it fun as well. Yes, and you made them very aware. Yeah, well, yeah, for you sure. Know, we, the, the the visual made them very aware of of uh, what was required. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah, so that that is a good illustration. Um, Shirley, you've always been a contributor. Um your nonprofit work and your your role with Canets and your church work, um you've always been very others oriented. So where do you think that comes from? Do you think it was someone's example, or uh, was it something that was taught to you? Uh, yeah, I think I think it was taught to all of us. Um, I, I'm one of six uh, children, and, and our parents were very, very uh, community-minded. Uh, they got involved in everything, be it uh, sports, uh, school, church, whatever, and... Uh, it was just expected at home that you you participated too. So uh, I think you know the biggest influence was my my parents and my grandparents uh, were the same. They ended up being involved in everything and and at home they the motto was do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And uh, um, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that just uh, just grew with us. Uh, it was always in front of us and. It just became a way of life. Mhm, mhm. Um, yeah, we've just uh, we've just got a few minutes here till our next break. I wonder what um, what being a contributor. What has that meant to you? What What have you gained from having this focus on on other people? Well, I think it's meant everything to me. Um, again, practicing the golden rule and. You know, it's just a great way to live. You you uh, gain so much from every person that comes into your life, be it for a short time or a small time or, or a long time, rather. And um, I just find that without 
volunteering and, and being in service work, most of my friends wouldn't even exist. And uh, mm. another quick illustration, when I was at the Y, um, I did all the uh, subsidized programs, and uh, which meant dealing with the street people in Cambridge at the time. And, and uh, usually if they see people uh, on the street, they, they'll act like they don't know who you are because, you know, <laughs> they, they put down that you're part of some, some organization. But I found 90% of the people, they'd come across the street and say, Hi, Shirley, how are you? And my mom uh, was shopping with me one day, and she said, You really have some friends. <laughs> yeah. But isn't it great that that they feel comfortable enough to, to speak to me and, and with me? And, you know, yes. it doesn't matter who the person is, rich, poor, small, large, young, old, Everybody has something to contribute, and you know, just look in their eyes and listen to them, and and enjoy. And the the end result is, is you have gained something. So. Yes, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that, and uh, I think that's going to be a good uh, spot for us to stop for a minute. We're just um, heading on to our uh, our break again, um, mm-hmm. and we'll look forward to uh, from to taking off where we have left off. Uh, We'll be right back in a minute. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S., 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. back to Thoughts on Charitable Giving with uh, Shirley Mitchell-Grumet. Uh, this is part of Step Right with Lynn, the radio show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Uh, Shirley Mitchell-Grumet has been sharing with us a bit about uh, what it has meant to her to be um, involved in helping other people all of our life. Uh, We'd love to have you join us in our chat uh, because I'd love to send you a copy of Have You Filled a Bucket Today as a gift for a special small person in your life. Um, You can join the chat uh, from the a to zenfm website. That's a2zem.fm website. Uh, Click on chat, um, put in your first name or a nickname, and click on login, and uh, you can join us from there. 
Um, if you do, be sure to send me an email at lynn at stepright.ca. Uh, provide your mailing address uh, so we can send you a copy of that bucket-filling book. Um, so uh, Shirley was just telling us a bit about what it has meant to her um, to be involved, so involved in the community and helping other people. Um, Shirley, um, mm-hmm. in your role in the nonprofit sector, um, did you find it easy or difficult to mo- motivate people to get involved and contribute? Well, I'd say yes and yes to that question. <laughs> um, some people, it's extremely easy to to uh, motivate. Um, people that have a connection either themselves or a close family member to your cause are motivated to support, to support you. Um, often they start by being a volunteer, but over time they will usually uh, end up giving some financial support to the cause. And... These are the folks that eventually go through and, and uh, when they're doing their estate planning, will leave a, a nice gift, a bequest, what else, a life insurance policy um, or gifts of stocks, bonds, property, or a donation that's worthy of something. If, uh, on the other hand, they're uh, not involved uh, with your organization in any shape, way, or form, um, but money's still needed, uh, then then sometimes you have to, uh, you know, make a connection with someone, a corporation or or a, a large company. But by far, normally it's individuals that uh, make a major gift uh, of support. Then you have to spend a lot of time preparing and getting to know them, find out what interests are, what their charitable sectors they have supported in the past are um and you know you have to arrange meetings and and just develop a relationship with that prospective donor um offering an emotional angle of some time of some sort that hopefully will tweak their heart and then they just reach mm-hmm. down to their pocketbook but yeah so some people it's very difficult to uh to motivate and get involved, but uh, you know, as a development officer, you you realize that. So that's part of your job: developing relationships and uh, and then eventually going to them and and ask for a gift. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes and, it happens very easily. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so, what strategies or stories did you use to motivate people to get them involved? Well, um, for me, it, it really is all about stories, um, both at Y and the Arthritis Society, for example, the stories would always usually involve one person uh, or a family or, or a program and just concentrate on on uh, developing that story. For example, um, someone with, uh, with rheumatoid arthritis needs support and uh, you want to tell their story so you can take it to the person you're asking for money um, for a program to support. Because once they once they um, see that person, not usually physically see, but see that person in their mind, um, then then they start to realize that the cause is important. So mm-hmm. it, for me, it was always stories to motivate people, and. Um, 
once they they know and see how where that person is today and how much better life could be for them and the masses if you know there was some money to put towards a a, a program for example uh, back to the arthritis uh, someone with rheumatoid arthritis suffers terribly that's the type of arthritis where you you see people with crippled hands quite often mm-hmm. um and they lose a lot of their mobility but there's a program called arthritis self management which by that time their their arthritis is not going to go away in today's world anyway um but but making life the very best it can be for them through their own self-management is really a, a very easy thing to accomplish and it's not an expensive one but once you mm-hmm. start to have many people need that course and it becomes expensive well pricey and uh, so getting a large donor to support that program is uh, mm-hmm. a plea and yet at the same time these people that were asking money for can see so readily how how much help they would be by writing a check so um mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that's what motivates people once they they feel yep. attached yep. in some shape or form okay what's what's this talk about adopting oh <laughs> but all that uh talk is really a game back to uh to uh planning estate planning when uh, people are making their uh wills or or yeah basically their wills uh often they'll take care of the children grandchildren and so on um but then they want to do something for charity and they really don't know how to do that and so one of the best places to start is by looking at all the charities you want to give to and putting them under one umbrella as an extra child in your in your estate planning and uh, it works very well and sometimes people just want to give to one place or two or three places or many but um once they've established how much money they have by creating that extra child then they'll go through and decide who they want to give the money to and what percentage and then uh when uh, their estate's being uh, finalized uh, the charities get that money it's just a really really easy way to uh, to do things it's clean and simple and people realize that they can make a difference through their their wills by having mm-hmm. that extra child. Yeah. It works. Um, <laughs> we, we, yeah, yeah. We we have a a question from um someone on the chat room here. Um mm-hmm. Shirley, you've kept yourself very busy with um you know, with the many things that that you're doing for others. The question here is, do you think that the pace of life has had any impact on people giving um in any way and how do you how do you keep finding time to get involved? Oh, that's a very good question. Um I think it certainly has had had an impact, but the thing is it's like anything if if it's important to you you just do find the time don't you um for me for example uh, the last few years even though uh my children were were basically out of out of the home and uh the house was sitting empty a lot of times i actually did hire 
a housekeeper um, once every other week to come in because I just couldn't keep up with with all my social commitments, uh, charitable commitments, and and work commitments, uh, and, and take care of the house. And you want your house ready for company at any given time because when you are busy, you do have a lot of people popping in too. So I think um, it does take its toll. But what you have to do is the word balance comes into life. Uh, Do we ever really have a truly balanced life? No, I don't. But um, I think you have to look at what's really important to you and do those things and, and the other more mundane, shall we say, uh, areas of your life can you get help with and then mm-hmm. sometimes you don't need help either but to answer that question yes <laughs> you, uh, <bounce laughs> I, I, I have um, I prescribe to the idea that the uh, that that, um, that ideal of balance doesn't exist <laughs> it's, it's, it it's not it's a, really it's not a no it's, it's not a possibility there there is no balance it's whatever you're focusing on at the time uh, gets all your time and energy, I think. That's uh, right, and and uh, you know, it, I think you have to. Uh, the square of the root square of life is perfect health, perfect wealth, perfect love, mm. and perfect self-expression. And I think if if you sort of, you know, make sure that that area is looked after, if that's as balanced as life can be. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and when you're a mother, a wife, uh, well, yeah. just involved yeah. in in living. Uh, yeah, today, this is what I have As planned, a, but it's not going to happen. So okay, <laughs> change yeah. is a good thing. And square your shoulders and go. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. We've got um, about three minutes to break now, Shirley. Um, okay. Uh, so. We're, we've got another question here, but um, maybe okay. we'll start it and, and we'll have to finish after the break. Um, if you were to predict how the nature of charitable giving will change, what do you think it will look like in the future? Um, well, I think it's going to be a little more sophisticated. And ideally, what I would like to see is, um, you know how how the United Way uh, first came into being, it was called, what, the Red Feather Campaign, people in in communities were starting to realize that there was a lot of organizations that needed help. And so they appealed to people working in corporations, offices, wherever, to, to designate a little bit of their pay each week to help all these different organizations. And then people just named who they wanted to support and mm-hmm. the off, the red feather office did the rest and then um somewhere along the line there was more charities and charities needing more dollars specifically than what they were getting from the united way campaign and so people the organizations started to go out on their own what I see is a lot of the smaller charities are probably going to go back to the the original model and have you know someone uh, looking after their concerns and presenting it to the to the working force to support them, and then some of the 
the major ones, like the diseases, basically, um, the, the major diseases. I, I see them, you know, becoming a little more sophisticated in their ask. I don't think they'll be doing the fundraising in um, you know, such as balls and, and, and uh, dances and special events nearly as much as knocking on, not knocking on doors, but uh, developing a, a strategic plan to ask people to mm-hmm. contribute um, more significant right. gifts. And I do right. believe that the people with those diseases, if they went after their families to uh, think about plan giving gifts, will be we'll see a lot more of that. That's my mm-hmm. prediction. I, some of the smaller charities, it's just not feasible. I don't think for them to carry on with a, a storefront operation like uh, a lot of them have today. They, it's, it's just going to become right. too costly. Right. So next step is looking at who can do this for us and and most of the cities and communities have a very healthy united way fund and so uh, i think i think we'll see a trend towards that my prediction if you want to write it and put it in an envelope and if it comes true in five years you can say thank you (laughs) well i I think what you're predicting is a little more uh planning on the side of, of the charity and also planning on the on the part of the of the giver as well. So exactly. we're going to go to a break now, and uh, we'll have a little more discussion on this topic when we come back. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S., 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Thoughts on Charitable Giving with Shirley Mitchell-Grumet. Shirley's just been um, giving us her predictions of what uh, charitable giving may look like in the future. Um, And uh, she's suggested we put that in an envelope and we'll open it in in five years and see that it has come true. Or not. um, (laughs) Or not. So Shirley, what what are some of your favorite memories from your work in the nonprofit sector? Oh, there's so many memories, and most of them are connected to to the way money's raised to help some live a better life. Um, 
I th- I'm thinking of the young lady who uh, has juvenile arthritis who raised over $25,000 through pledges swimming across Lake Ontario and helping to put mm-hmm. that together for her, uh, you know, making sure that she could do the crossing and and uh, just everything connected with the swim itself and bringing in the uh, the uh, donations. It, 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 that was just really wonderful. Um and it helped us achieve our dream, and she certainly achieved her dream. That young lady's gone on to uh, to so many great things, and she's uh, only in her fourth year at university. And she is, when she's through, and I'm sure she'll make it, going to be a doctor specializing in arthritis. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just had a little bit of of uh, influence on her life, and that, that was really great. Um Another one, of course, is making a call on a major donor to uh, to plea for our case for arthritis self-management, which I had talked about, um, Mm -hmm. and getting physiotherapists in their community. And um, did my homework. It was a a textbook case. I went with the letters, why we needed the funds and so on, and just asked her uh, for a certain amount and paused and... uh, in one visit, she uh, wrote out a check, and it was a very, very rewarding call. It was worth more than a quarter of a million dollars, and uh, oh, wow. you know, I was very cool on the outside, but in the inside, my little heart was for sure. A little happy <laughs> dance going on there. Yeah, there sure was. So, um, but but basically, it's it's just uh, memories with the people connected it, with. The disease at the Y. Um, there was so much poverty that you worked with, and and uh, helping put smiles on people's faces, and knowing a way that you contributed in some little way that's good, and uh, it makes you feel happy. So, yeah, I, I really think uh, nonprofit work is very, very rewarding. It's not the job to make it the richest in the world, but uh, but certainly. Um, it becomes a lifestyle dealing with people that you're helping as well. Mhm, mhm. Yeah, rewarding for you and um and uh, certainly that contribution and that's what I think your um you know, your life has been about making a contribution. Um mm-hmm. and uh and that's um and that makes everything worthwhile. Um, I'm going to make a few reminders here. Um, I'd like to remind our listeners uh, to tune in next week to hear Barry Ames share about the joys and responsibilities of complicated kids. Uh, Barry and I will discuss the joys and challenges of loving and caring for a special needs child. Barry's committed to ensuring that his clients with complicated kids are aware of the financial assistance that is available to them, and we'll talk about the resources available to parents uh, to access in the early years of overwhelming days of diagnosis to um, saving products such as registered disability savings plans and on to the special estate planning needs of, um, of these families. Uh, also remember that on March the 26th, our guest will be Cheryl Perry from the Testicular Cancer Canada. Uh, Cheryl has a compelling personal story to share about the tragedy that brought about the establishment of the organization. Um, and this organization is to educate and support young men 
about Testicular Cancer Canada, uh, and their tagline is, check them. Thank you so much, uh, Shirley Mitchell-Grumet, for being our guest today on Step Right with Lynn and and, uh, sharing your insights. Um, It was uh, great to have the opportunity to chat with you today, Shirley. Um, And uh, uh, what, what do you plan for the rest of your day now? (laughs) <laughs> well, if the snow behaves itself, I've got a few errands to do, uh, one including the dentist, yuck, yuck, but, uh, um, and, and tonight I'm actually sitting on a panel at, at church for, uh, for our Lenten series talking about, about uh, crucifying um, our Lord from, the, from the, uh, the disciples' point of view, so that should be kind of fun. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah change, so, change perspective. So thank you for uh, for having me. It was fun, and uh, I hope it was a little bit yeah. helpful. So. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Shirley. I really enjoyed chatting with you. I'm sure people will in, enjoy listening as well. So thanks, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, Lynn. Um, thank you. Okay. Uh, so okay. remember, listeners, uh, we welcome your comments at Sprite with Lynn. Uh, this is the radio show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Uh, so please send me an email. Uh, it's lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Uh, I would love to be able to send you um, the book, um, have you filled a bucket today? Uh, I'm sure you know a young person that would really enjoy that. So until next time, uh, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. We'll see you next week. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time. Music.